You've got Sports Talk here on a Wednesday. Scott Beatty and Evan Kahn riding with you. Joe Madden is a three-time manager of the year in the big leagues. And in his 19 years, he managed the Tampa Bay Rays and the LA Angels and, of course, the Chicago Cubs to their first World Series title in 108 years. He has debuted a new book this week, The Book of Joe. He co-wrote it with Tom Verducci and sports writer of the year across the country multiple times, and he joins us now here on Sports Talk. Joe Madden, we are privileged to be talking to you, sir. Thanks for joining us. Oh, really? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you doing that, too. Thank you. As uh, baseball fans and uh, self-avowed Cubs fans here, too, uh, in, a, in, a, in a town, by the way, that's split between Cubs and Cardinals often, uh, we, we, we felt like in reading this, we got to know you in a new way that, that we didn't before and it strikes me as i now feel like i know you a lot even though we've never really talked before <laughs> what what stri- what inspired you to want to write a book and and put yourself out there in a new way to let people know more about who you are and how you how you manage well this is uh, this has been in the works for a while i mean i was asked after the uh, world series in 2008 i didn't think i was ready to do something like that um, so eventually, after the, my run with the Cubs, I talked to Tommy Verducci, and we, we, we talked about the premise. And part, a big part of it is comparing and contrasting managing, say, in the 1980s when I kind of began as a coach to present day, and then to take the madnisms and extrapolate on them a bit and uh, turn them into chapters and, and really try to include stories and, and um, uh, research to back them up. And that's what Tom did. I mean, I, I recorded about... 100 hours of video, or excuse me, audio while riding my bike during the pandemic. And Tom is just really good. He's, you know, and I read his stuff. Um, I'm, I'm an avid reader. I've been for years. I'm a big Pat Conroy fan, Ken Follett, uh, Greg Isles. I can go on and on, Leon Uris. Uh, this guy's good. Tommy's good. So to be able to have him take your stuff and then put it into words and dress it up like he did, I'm, I'm really appreciative. Well, congratulations on the book. It, it is a great read and want to dive more into it here as well as some of your thoughts on what's going on here in baseball as we talk with Joe Madden. Hey, Joe, this is Evan. Uh, thanks for, for coming hey, on Evan. the program with us. Really enjoyed reading the book. And before we get into the baseball stuff, you mentioned something early on that, that I have my own theories on and, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. You, you talk about winning a, a golf outing against uh, a, the club pro early on in your career or, or before you even really became a pro. Why are baseball players so good at golf? <laughs> um, I, I, I just did the coordination of the swing, I think. Although, listen, mother, the ball's sitting still right now. I'm having a trouble with my driver. Back then, I was like, I don't know, 19 or 20, whatever I was. I had no idea. Michael Eddy set up. The guy's name was Coach East. They called him Coach East. I didn't know he was the club champ until after the game and I won. Um, I just think it's a eye-hand coordination thing. It's a, it's it's just fun to hit a ball. I mean, I go down to the driving range all the time. It, it's just something that you're born with, I believe, and uh, that's it. I also think hockey players have an advantage too because of the ball, the puck on the ground. Yeah, that that makes sense. That's kind of my my idea of thinking. I didn't know if you you were a, a secret pro golfer that we didn't know about afterwards or, no, or something no, no, like no, that. No, no. But you you no, did no. go to college to to play football. So what what made you switch to baseball that that ended up being the rest of your career? Well, baseball was always it for me. I played football because I'm in northeastern Pennsylvania. Listen, I liked it. I didn't like get beaten up so much. <laughs> uh, I was playing quarterback since the time I was ten. 
to go to Lafayette on a football um, you know, financial aid or financial need method. My dad's uh, uh, was a plumber at that time, so we got some uh, uh, aid to go there. I'm out practicing football in the fall of my first year, and while I'm doing that on the other field, the baseball team's practicing in September and October. I'm thinking, you mean to tell me they're playing baseball in September and October? Something I would love to do. So it was the crack of the bat on the other fields while I'm, I'm running the offense for Lafayette College freshmen. I couldn't take it anymore. So I went to fall practice the next year for Lafayette football. I ran the 60s, 1060s, and a sub-six-minute mile and then wanted to puke. And the next day I walked out there with my Volvo all packed up and told Coach Putnam, I'm done. I just want to play baseball. My dad didn't talk to me for a long time, and a lot of people told my mom I was a quitter. And that's how tough it was back here. But that was my that my heart was in the the baseball end of things, and I'm obviously very glad I made that decision. Joe Madden is joining us here on Sports Talk. He's written a new book called The Book of Joe. Joe, I, I got to witness something that was special for a lot of Chicago Cubs fans in 2015. When you clinched the uh, division series against the Cardinals, I was there for the clincher, and the celebration that went on was something that uh, could take your breath away. And how um, the energy around Wrigley Field, inside and out, it afterwards was was incredible. Do you, what do you remember about that day? Because it was something the Cubs had not done in a long ever in clinching a post game uh, postseason series at home. Did something stand out to you about that day and what it indicated about the next year? Well, just the confidence within the group. I mean, going to the ballpark, I felt really good about it. Uh, but then again, you got to do it. And as the game was unfurling, we did different things. And, and when you're in an elimination game like that, um, it's hard. Once one team gets up, the team that's got the upper hand overall, once they get up, uh, I've, I've talked to my players about this, the other side gets kind of a look on their face. Like they, they kind of know... We can't fight back from this, and I've seen it. seen it with the Yankees in 2002, with the Angels. I saw it there with the Cardinals in that particular year, uh, with, the, with the Rays advancing. I saw it with them when we had an advantage. So there's just something about that, and I saw it that day, and I felt it that day. And then there was a slider to Piscotti by uh, Rondon. That was the last pitch of the game, I believe. And then you just, you know, you just the culmination of, Everything you thought it could work, and it did work. And you, I, I'll tell you what I feel. When the moment that happens, my, my mind goes to the coaching staff because the coaching staff puts in so much time and effort to get this whole thing done, and they don't get paid nearly like everybody else does. So I just think about the coaching staff first of all. So those, those, that's what I remember directly about it. And you're right, that was one hell of a celebration. And, and baseball, to me, because you mentioned that was an elimination game, and baseball, to me, is yeah. all about doing the right things over time, and more often than not, it's going to come out uh, the right way. But then all of a sudden, you get to this time of year, and it's one game, whether it's an elimination game or what used to be the wild card game, or even now as we're seeing these these short three-game series. What has to change for you as a manager, if anything, in getting guys to respond when you're trying to say do something this way over 162, I don't want them to do anything differently. That's the whole point. I mean, I think sometimes groups feel like they have to. I, I want less information when it gets to that. I want less of everything. When it, I want, I want guys reporting to the ballpark at the same time. I don't want more meetings. I want it to be. What I do is I have a my meeting. I have three meetings annually, and that's uh, spring training before the All Star break. And then also with the uh, before the first uh, playoff game, 
So I do that two days before the first playoff game. So when they walk into the ballpark in the day of a playoff game, nothing's different. So I'm always about not changing anything. And I think sometimes people go overboard, want more prep, want them to think about more things, change their schedule, and that's the worst thing you could possibly do. Joe Madden with us here at Sports Talk. Joe, a, a lot of the book deals with analytics or, or the the transformation of analytics and how they're used in, in baseball. And e- even in 2022, is that word and the idea in baseball has been around for you know over 20 years now or, or so. Um, it, it still has a, a negative connotation to it. So, what does the word analytics mean to you in baseball? Information, and it should just be left at that. Uh, analytics, like you said, I agree with you, has gained way too much uh, uh, support in the sense that everybody thinks it's the reason why teams win. Uh, how about the reason why teams lose? Everybody in the baseball has great analytical departments right now. The separator is good baseball players. And then beyond that, the separator is good scouts within baseball organizations. Scouting and development still is the lifeblood of any organization. And the ones that have consistently been good, they have good scouts, they have great acquisitional process, and then they know what to do with their guys once they get them. Uh, that's not spoken about enough. To me, I want to see analytics serve baseball again and not baseball serving analytics. It gets a little bit tiring, especially for those of us that have been raised and earned the right to be in a major league dugout at major league field that people actually believe that uh, data and numerical data uh, supersedes good coaching and fundamentals in regards to winning baseball games. Because it's almost presented that way anymore. And don't get me wrong, I want the info. I want the intel. But I want the intel passed along to coaches. I want the coaches empowered. I want the coaches empowered to present and give to the players. And then I want analysts to go back upstairs and work on the next day or the next series. When do you think that switch happened? Was it an overnight thing where, where GMs and folks in the front office just started giving more and more information? Did something happen with a specific team or, or something? When did this, this shift over happen? Because it, it sounds like almost every organization, like you said, they, they've got their, their DNR departments and they're putting the, the analytics into the game. Let's become a competition of the, the, the grandest baseball operations department. I want the competition to be to put the best coaches on the field, the best scouts out in the field. That's what i like to see it become again. Uh, probably, I don't know, seven to ten years ago, I saw, started to see uh, more of a shift in regards to uh, the competition among front offices to be more analytically inclined and uh, a greater emphasis on that, less emphasis on scouting in the traditional sense and more uh, emphasis on scouting in a technological sense, more reliance on video, data printouts, etc. So with that, everybody becomes a baseball expert. You don't have to ride buses from Idaho Falls to Lethbridge, Canada, or from Midland, Texas to Beaumont and have to play the next night. That no longer becomes a, a prerequisite. And those are the kind of things I don't think you could discount. Those things matter. Uh, the, the, the amount of time and the energy and the wisdom that and the feel that you've created by doing those things, people that have never done it can never have or understand. So uh, I, I want to see a balance. I want to see a balance between what I just described with the best analytical department money can buy, but you don't need as many people as they say they need. Not at all. There's just too much redundancy. There's a lot of things that are generated that really uh, aren't necessary to the field staff or the players. Again, more if you're going to be into the analytical, I mean, into the acquisitional part of the season, which would be the off season. Yeah. 
get as much intel as you can, pour over it, try to decide between this shortstop and that one. I get it. But during the season, just give us the few nuggets that we need and then please stay out of the way. Joe Madden is with us here on Sports Talk. Uh, Joe, if you're good for it, we could uh, take a quick pause and continue with you. You got it. All right, we'll be right back. Continuing on Sports Talk, Scott Beatty, Evan Kahn with you, our number two of the program. Joe Madden is with us. He has written the book, Book of Joe, with Tom Verducci. Uh, as we were talking about analytics, Joe, does it have a, maybe a, a, a better place, if you will, in development of players with what you can see on video and capturing spin rates and all the biomechanics as a opposed to strategy and and filling out lineup cards and all that? definitely has its place, no question. But um, when it comes down to teaching somebody how to pitch and, and, and how to win and how to uh, fight through difficult moments and what happens in the fifth inning when things don't feel right, who's there to tell you that one little thought that gets you back in order, um, that's what's missing. Uh, that's not even accounted for anymore. Uh, too many guys with lacking, you know, lacking experience in, in difficult moments are being putting in charge, and they've not, not ever been there before. And actually, if without a printout, they really don't have that much to say. So I want those guys at the right time. For instance, if there is a, the analytical data, whether it's TrackMan or Rapsod or whatever, yeah, I want it, and I want it before the game while I'm working out with the guy, whether he has a bullpen or something during batting practice that might be pertinent, and that's it. And then keep doing your thing, keep uh, putting, uh, bringing together stuff, um, spin rates, whatever. That was a, that's the reason why the Mets checked the other night, because spin rates are available. Another example of technology impacting the game. So there is something to be said there. Yes, it can help a young man develop a better pitch, no question, but it will never, uh, uh, never be sub- substituted for good pitching mechanics drilled in by a very good pitching coach who knows how to make adjustments on the fly when things aren't right. Because what's happening is nobody's teaching or in, uh, teaching people how to win, teaching kids how to win. They go to these uh, area code games, et cetera, and they're just trying to be best in show. And it's, it's not necessarily about winning. The same thing could be said about the minor leagues, which are actually uh, being minimized right now completely. So it's, just, it's a hard thing to uh, sell for me is the fact that you're going to minimize the work that gets you to become a major league player and then think that you're going to get the same product on the field where a guy can play a fundamental game of baseball and has this like liberal arts education in the game that if anything shows up or pops up, he knows how to react to it just by using uh, a spreadsheet. You know, I, I spent a few years in independent ball, and when guys would come there, and the managers too, they would all talk about how refreshing it was to try to play to win. They thought that was missing in affiliated minor league baseball. Is is, is that undersold, uh, the importance of learning how to win, the importance of knowing how to move a guy over and give yourself up for the sake of uh, stats and uh, individual development? Ask the Phillies how they feel about Gene Segura's at bat the other day on that little ground ball to the right side. I mean, I think you're going to see some of the, the attempt at least at doing that more often now than you'll ever see in June. Uh, yes, you're right, 100%. The teaching players how to win. When I was the minor league director, I would explain it like this to my, to my staff. I would say, I want you to coach um, 
uh, coach, manage, instruct, whatever you want to call it, to develop. I want you to do that. But I want your players to go to play to win. I never wanted the player to think that he's just there to be developed. I wanted the player to do on a nightly basis whatever he could as part of the entire group, whatever it took to win that night. So coaches, managers, instructors, you're there to develop the player. The players are there to play to win. And that's the kind of attitude I wanted to develop in the minor leagues with the Angels. And we had some great success in the minor leagues back then in the 80s into the early 90s. And that's pretty much, even instructionally, instructionally has become a thing of the past. They're afraid the guys are going to get tired of that the weather's too hot. Instructionally is where we got our concept there was to get a minor league player possibly to skip a level just by accelerated program, accelerated instruction, actually playing games for six weeks in Arizona or Florida when it was brutally hot. So it takes a, a mental toughness also. All that stuff is gone. It's not, it's not part of the fabric anymore, and that really was an outstanding player development tool. Yeah, is that kind of falling off with baseball as they continue to uh, shrink the, the number of teams in minor leagues and the number of guys on active rosters? It, development is still a big thing, but what, what are the effects on baseball as there, there are less teams and less opportunities for guys to get into pro ball? Well, I think you're just going to find out. I mean, that's been happening more recent. I think over the next five to ten years, you'll have a good idea of that. I think part of it is they, you, you'll probably see more college kids get drafted, uh, a greater reliability on uh, technical means in order to develop because uh, you have less opportunity to play, less guys to have out there play. There is power in numbers, and so now the numbers are being, I think, called down because they think they're going to make less mistakes by uh, utilizing this method of scouting as compared to the other ones. And furthermore, uh, an average minor league team, you're primarily playing a lot of guys to play with three or four guys that are going to be the guys that make it to the big leagues. I, mean, I think that was a, when that was presented, I think that offended some people too. Uh, but here to tell you, people like me, I would have never had an opportunity to be part of the 2016 Cubs and go to the World Series because I was one of those guys. I was not the star by any means. I got zero money to sign, but I was all in as a minor league player with the Angels. And eventually I became a, a manager, coach, scout, and eventually a major league manager because I was one of those guys that they're cutting out right now. Joe, are you taking in the playoffs? How do you do it? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I'll watch tonight a little bit. i got to go to dinner, but I'm, I'm doing some radio stuff right now, so i got to be a little bit more on top of things. So I'll watch a little bit later. Um, and then I read a lot. I'm, I'm a reader, so I read newspaper accounts. I like to look at box scores to try to determine. And I have a lot of people that I still talk to within the game. But yeah, I'll watch because if, I'm, if I want to uh, have an opinion on something, i got to make it on my own and i got to watch and see what I think. And then I'll, then I'll present. You liking the new format? I do, I, except I don't. Do you know why the, the American League gets a day off in between the, the first three games? No. The National League does not. See, that to me is I, there's different roster construction. Uh, you could utilize your bullpen differently. Uh, for the American League compared to the National League, I, I didn't quite understand that I'm still, uh, I need to research that a little bit more. Like, for me, Robbie Ray pitching the other night uh, was absolutely an organizational decision made well in advance, uh, but also made more comfortable by the fact that pitch, day off, pitch, day off, and then he could have started the third game probably. I don't even know if that's the plan or not. But uh, that's, that to me, uh, unfair advantage for the American League over the National League there for me. 
And I understand uh, you haven't closed the door on uh, any future things in baseball. No, not at all. I'm uh, no. I'm just um, advocating the book right now. I'm giving an explanation exactly what I said and why I said it. Um, really would love to work for somebody that knows how to balance both the baseball world and the numerical world, uh, whereas uh, data becomes secondary to the game. It'd be kind of fun, man, to get back into the spring training uh, where that is baseball is number one, and you can go about your business without uh, having to be concerned if a guy on a hit run gets thrown out or if a guy trying to steal a base gets thrown out and you have to answer to that. Those, those are the kind of things that bother real baseball folks. Well, I think this book has an appeal well beyond just a, a Chicago Cubs baseball fan because it addresses so much about the game as well as life. And uh, I've seen a lot of parallels to some of the things that you say to other coaches that we talk to. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate your time here, and we wish you the best. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you making that comment because I didn't want to just write a baseball book. I wanted to appeal to a wider audience, and if you feel that way, that's great. Indeed. Good luck, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You too. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Joe Madden. Find it at a bookstore near you. I know it's on Amazon or the other outlets where you can download books.